1: The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. One of those
0: idiots who believe in analytics. One of them idiots. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Skill Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Um, we get tweets at beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. This is from Joe C 714 Want to thank you, Gil, for getting me really into tennis. I think it started during COVID, but now I find myself watching tennis over other American sports. Am I crazy? No, man. You're just smart. Because not only is it great betting, but it's actually some of the greatest athletic achievement you will see. As you know, people don't want to talk about it. So, <laughs> I'm glad you're impacted by it. By the way, that was a big thing from Bet Bash too, also, that tennis is impacting, folks. The tennis bets. And so that was super gratifying as well. Forrest Lehman, Remy Martin was MOP last night, in my opinion. The uh, biggest shots at the biggest moments and the level of difficulty. Well, yeah, MOP is not for uh, one game, but yes, Uh, Remy Martin was fabulous last night. Big shots. Jack Hannon, Uh, and you're right, Jack, everything you say in this tweet, he goes, very surprised that you haven't mentioned this morning yet uh, that if you bet Kansas, it's not exactly a bad beat. Uh, but if he doesn't step out of bounds, you're very likely to get a push or win at the end. Yes, um, that was so. Let me go back to because I got a couple tweets last night from Vegas Vice where he was saying like, "Can you go through the whole? Six? They should. They should get the inbounds pass. They should get fouled, and they should hit one free throw, and the game should be over. Nope." The inbounds pass from from Brown to Harris was too close to the uh, too close to the sideline. He steps out, and Carolina gets the ball back and a chance to tie it. That's when we got to the whole thing with, you know, from beforehand. So you're right. In the end, that was the play that determined the spread, probably, probably. And in the end, can you then call Kansas betters as victims of a bad beat? No, you can't, because you were down 15 at the half. Was there Were there people complaining last night about this, Jeff? Did you see a bunch
1: of bad? I mean, people complain about everything. Of course they So, do. of course, people will complain about it. For what it's worth, I actually love that play design. Yeah. But it just the pass was a little too tight to the sideline.
0: Here's, so. Here are the Vegas Vice tweets. I'm in, and nice shout out to Vegas Vice here who who wrote a couple last night. He goes, I hope you discuss the Bill Self superfecta of bad decisions in the final minute. One, not having his team attack the basket when Baycott was down and Ku had a five on four advantage. Yeah, that was something. That was something. We were we, Baycott rolled his ankle again and Ku just with thir- like 38 seconds left, just kind of. Up right, they could have they could have driven to the hole f- up five on four, but they just sort of like we're like oh well, we'll just dribble it out and see how much time we can run. Two, not going for a two for one possession on that same possession. Eh, okay. Three, calling a risky inbounds play with five seconds left. Play design different from play execution, and four. That fouling on the North Carolina last possession up three where it was a one and one if the foul was taken. I uh, haven't seen a lot of analysis about this, but you do the best job of breaking this stuff down. Thank you, Vegas Vice. We did bring up the up three. And as much as a fouler up three guy I have always been, I actually think that Brown made the right play not fouling him. And, that, and not just based on how love had the ball and the shake and bake of it. I thought it was a, a, a good decision in the end. But yes, I would like to give Bill Self a shout out too, though. Because in both of the last games, when his teams are down, you mentioned this off air. He does his best work when Kansas is on the ropes.
1: Yeah, I, unless if his team is just so just doesn't have it that day, and yeah. we've seen this in the tournament last year against USC, they get run out of the building. Twenty nineteen against Auburn, run out of the building. But look, when they, when they have it, Gil. And self is backed into a corner. He does his best work. We saw against Miami, where can't that half against Miami? It's the best half anyone played the entire tournament. Forty-seven to fifteen.
0: Chris Velika is here, the Bear from ESPN's College Game Day, Daily Wager, the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast. How you doing, Chris?
2: I'm I'm, I'm doing I'm doing actually pretty good. To be honest with you, I um is down as I was about uh, having a seven point middle on the total between one forty two and a half and one forty nine and a half and. Somehow not 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 being able to cash that. I got I got an email this morning that I but I believe I've secured tickets for the second leg of the Champions League next week in Liverpool. Oh, pretty excited about
0: that. Wait, wait, so you're going to Liverpool?
2: I'm fairly. I got I got a a reply to this email and make sure I'm good. But I but I got an email this morning saying, pretty sure we got you taken care of. So uh, yeah,
0: Chris, we should all have your life. We should all have your life.
2: And and that and and, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't. Uh, make the commitment to uh, the to, to bed bash, despite McCaffrey reaching out to me and, and, and inviting me out there, and uh, I haven't even committed to the Derby yet. You know, you know, you got these certain things that you need to play play your cards right and hold your chips for, for big things. And when when the when the boss says, "Oh, you got to go to that," that's like a bucket list type thing. You got you got to take a look of that, and maybe Put your priorities in place and maybe not do certain others, especially when I'm going to be in Vegas in uh, three weeks of the draft.
0: <laughs> I look forward to seeing you at the draft. That's going to be fun for sure. One more massive event here in Vegas uh, on the heels of March but, but Madness.
2: By the, by the way, I'm, I'm, by the way, I, I know it, just to get back to what you were talking about with Kansas and and, and the call and Matt Fowling and, and like, widening Raff and like talk, talk about that. I will say this: give Raff a ton of credit because he saw it immediately on the uh, the play where the you know, on the inbound pass where he stepped out of bounds. Even in the timeout, he was saying, "This is a brutal angle to, to inbound the ball yes. and want to play." Yeah, and he was all over that. So if, if we're if we're kind of I don't want to say killing him or crushing him for not even talking about fouling up three, give him all the credit in the world for realizing this. But this is going to be a more difficult inbound position than a lot of people realize.
0: He gets a lot of credit for that. I and by the way, I would never kill Rafter. a love that guy. The, no, yes. He's the best man. He's awesome. Was was the Jerome send it down, Jerome? What is that? What is it? What was that kind Send it in, Jerome. <laughs> it's Jerome, it's a great thing. Uh, all right, um, you also agree, though, with a, one of the first things I said on the show today with Drew Dinsick was, "Hey, is there a lesson we can learn from this most outstanding player thing?" Do you? I mean, the difference is, is that the Super Bowl MVP and the most outstanding player, as he was pointing out, they're they're voted on on the fly, right during a game. Whereas NBA MVP and NBA, you know, Defensive Player of the Year and all the season-long awards, you're not betting those on the fly during one game. So, but you think there there is a broader lesson, though, nonetheless.
2: Yeah, it's that we're we're dealing with people who are voting on these things, and we really have no idea what's going on in their mind. And sometimes it's like. This big name, big marquee, kind of like like you went in like thinking Abaji is the first, is the All American, and he's the guy, and that's kind of who they defaulted to. I mean, does that maybe coming to play with how some of these NBA voters? will vote like with a defensive player, of the year, Marcus Smart, Celtics, Boston, big name, big marketer. Uh, I know Embiid, um, uh, he's not the favorite now, but Sixer is big. Mar- like I, I don't, I don't know if there is or there isn't, but. I certainly think it's worthy of a a conversation. And and the one thing I'm I'm glad your your uh, reader or listener rather uh, pointed that out on the uh, on the foul. If you do foul immediately up three, and I I thought you could have, and and, and I get what you're saying there. Like people, oh, you're giving them, you're bringing free free throws. Like yeah, but Baker was on Baker was on the bench. Like the odds of you not getting a rebound, it was one and one. And the odds of you not getting the rebound on a miss on the second free throw were pretty slim. So, like, it it worked out for them, but but I still would have fouled, like, the instant the ball was inbounded.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have any problem with it in the end, but I, I am, by nature... Uh, a a Fowler, but I I thought it was a well-played last night. Um, Okay, I have much to ask you about the Masters, but I I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, because Paul Carr was just on with Champions League's picks, and I know you, uh, Christopher Felica, I know that you will have soccer picks today, so what will you be doing?
2: Yeah, yeah, I I have a little bigger stomach in more than one sense when it comes to the way I uh, attack these Champions League matches, and I, I think the under in the Man City uh, Atletico Madrid match is a really good play. I, I agree with Paul. Like, like who knows what's going to happen you know, in terms of the, uh, the, the scoreline, in terms of win or draw. But Simeone on the road at Man City in the first leg of the Champions League, where he has uh, going, going back to Madrid for the second leg and an opportunity, he is going to do everything possible not to let this game get out of hand. So, like, I, I would expect that Atleti to, to play a very conservative type match, and uh, if they go back to to, to Madrid uh, down one 0 uh, in in the tie, I think they'll take that. So, I, I played on. I played under three and a half, which was a little extra juice. You could probably play under two and a half as well. But that was the one thing I felt really confident about today, and I'll probably uh, play a, an even bigger adjusted total under in the uh, Liverpool-Benfica match, because I don't think Liverpool will uh, allow Benfica probably more than one goal. So I I could feel something like like 3-1 being the uh, scoreline of that game.
0: What are you thinking about tomorrow?
2: I haven't looked much at tomorrow. Chelsea seems like they're a mess right now. Uh, If I had to play something there, I probably would look uh, towards the under in that match, uh, just because uh, Chelsea has had all sorts of problems. Uh, right, right now, uh, certainly scoring goals. Uh, the the Bayern real match that that feels like a uh, a Bayern to win. I haven't seen what the uh, the number is even for tomorrow, but I would. Uh, and, and get back to the Chelsea Real Madrid. We all saw how Real Madrid in the first in the first leg of their tie on the road like didn't even try to score. Like they were content, like not even efforting to score. But I could see like a similar type. Uh, score there and, and that, but yeah but i I, I think is gonna have a hard time going to Byron and coming away with the results so I, I don't know what the uh, the price is for Byron to win that match but that's probably what I would look at there
0: okay uh we'll come back we'll get all your 86 masters picks real quick in the thirty seconds before we <laughs> leave though um tiger do you give him a shot to make the cut here
2: yeah i i think I think it's dangerous to just going, and y'all, as he plays, I'm going to bet him to miss the cut. I mean, you're looking at a 91-92 player field where 15 to 20 of these players have no shot at making the cut. Mm. Talking about the Sandy Lyle, Larry Mises, he goes out there, he knows he's not going to embarrass himself. You mean to tell me with the cut being three over the last couple of people, that he can't go out and shoot 72-73 and
0: and, and hang around? So uh, I think him to make the cut would probably be the play. We're coming back. More with Chris next. The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Don't forget, of course, opening day and the opening round of the Masters this week, same day, Thursday. So it's going to be jam packed with betting intel from all of our experts this week. We'll have a breakdown of every golfer in the field, plus futures bets and matchups from the long shots crew, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans. Sign up today and get full access to VSIN through the start of baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for only $19 at spring. That's VCN.com slash spring. Um, we will have a Masters megapod, a Masters, a Beating the Book Masters pod, Joe Pita from yesterday, cobbled together with my primetime action buddies, Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin. We did a standalone pod on the Masters, the 86th Masters before Primetime Action last night. So we'll put together the Joe Pita piece with that and we'll put it in podcast form. Jason Kahn, the Wrath of Kahn, is on the job. He'll have it out today. Right, Jason? Jason, if you're listening. Yes, Jeff
1: Parles. What do you got? From Tiger Woods moments ago in Augusta. As of right now, I feel like I'm going to play. <laughs> there so you there go. you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we call that breaking news, uh, but well, we call hey, it it's, we it's, call it interestingly trickling out news. Hey, it, yeah.
1: good. The yeah. writing's been on the wall for a
0: few days. He look, man, he looks great. By the way, they're interviewing him right now. He looks great. As of right now, I feel like I'm going to play. That's the money quote from Tiger Woods right now. Here are the Tiger Woods props over at Circa, by the way. Good job by Matt Metcalf and crew to just throw out some fun props on Tiger. They're not trying to win money uh, at the book winning this. They just wanted to throw out a little fun thing for us. First-round score, it's set at 75, finishing position now at 57-and-a-half. Remember, this, had, this was bouncing all over the place, and it settled in on 57-and-a-half, which is like, you know, will he make the cut, won't he make the cut range because it's 50 in ties to make the cut at uh, the Masters. And so typically it's anywhere between, you know, some years it's 56, some years it's more than that. But that's set at 57 and a half. And then even if he does make the cut, even if he does make the cut, does he even go up the leaderboard at all? Uh, will he complete one or more strokes? And after Tiger's comment right now, the yes is at minus 635. The yes yesterday was like at minus 1,500.
1: Yes, that is now off the board. Off the
0: board after off that comment. The board. There you go. Top 10 finish. Yes, plus 895, top 20 finish. Yes, plus 425, which is longer shot than it was yesterday. And making the cut remains as close to a coin flip as you can get here. Yes, plus 120, no minus 140. Chris, you like any of those? Chris Felica, everybody.
2: Um, Was, was there a top 30 um, market on there?
0: No, but I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of books, including DraftKings, have adjusted what normally is a top 40 because of the you know, 90, roughly 90-player 90 field. And, of course, what you mentioned, that, you know, 15 to 20 of these guys are just ceremonial. They have adjusted it to top 10s, top 20s, and top 30s. But no, not in the Tiger Woods props. We do not have a top 30. Okay. All right.
2: You yeah, know, I, I I would play I, I plan to make a cut. I, 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 would, I would go there and 75. 75 and a half was his first-round score. Is that what you said?
1: 75. So... One quick thing. On that there. So,
2: so, so three. So three over is a push. So, so, I, don't so quick, go seven, I, I don't
1: think
2: he's going to shoot seven. I don't think he's going to shoot seventy six in the first round. It's it, the, the one. The one thing you got to be careful of with that though is that the weather is supposed to be, I think, the worst of the week on Wednesday and Thursday. So uh, who knows? And it, if the weather is cool, how does that affect him to having a having a bad back and leg operation? So. That's the one thing I would be careful about about getting too heavily involved in some of these tiger props. but but I, I would I plan to make the cut if I
0: would do anything. Jeff, what did you
1: want to say? Okay, so a few updates here because I just checked it uh, moments ago. Tiger's first round score open seventy five and a half, now down to seventy four and a half as of three minutes ago. Now, Gill minus yeah. one twenty on the under. So you are going to need uh, need obviously. Uh, a two over uh in order to get there now and uh to answer your question Chris top 30 of draftkings on Tiger Woods minus 140. yeah
2: there 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 you go so it's a slight it's a slight favorite and I can't remember to, I believe they may have changed the cut rules in the last couple of years it, it's bounced around to a bunch of different things like I think it's I think it's top fifteen ties and ten shots. Yes, I think there were a couple of years ago. I think there was a uh, situation where like seventy people made the cut, which was just kind of der- like literally like like twenty guys like didn't make the cut. So like, like that that makes the odds of him making the cut even greater.
0: You know, the, 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 when you said the weather, the worst weather is supposed to be Wednesday or Thursday. Well, that's that's where sort of the I believe precipitation comes in. But really the worst weather is Friday when we define weather as bad wind situation, because right now they're expecting 19 or 20 mile per hour winds on Friday. And I'm wondering now, as you give us your picks, if that if that has affected you in any way, you know, because I I talked to Matt and Kelly again, it's on the beating the book podcast that's coming out today, you know, because they run models and I'm like. Yeah, but what if it's like horribly windy on Friday and it just jacks with everything? I mean that that is. I mean, I guess you, there's nothing you can do. I guess unless you have you know great great metrics on loft of these players, you know, um, you know what happens after they swing the club and make contact. But for you, I mean, is that in the back of your mind? Is something you 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 have in your thinking? It,
2: it, it is. That's that's something that when when I worked and covered the the Open Championship. Uh, we would always wait to make a significant wager until we got the, the, the tea times grid and we kind of cross referenced with, with the Met weather report, like w- which is going to be the, uh, the windiest, worst uh, weather up times of, of Thursday and Friday, because you wanted to try and be on the best side of the draw. But, but I, I think, in general, if you need to do something before knowing that, I, I would take a look at uh, usually a lot of the Australian players are very good. Uh, wind players, and you need to look no further back than a couple of weeks when Cam Smith won the players in ridiculous weather conditions with, with horrible wind. And he was able to uh, weather the storm, and you no know, no cheesy pun intended there. But, but I, I think Cam Smith, even mm. though his price has gotten driven down dramatically, he's someone who has played well on the wind, and, and I think his putting is something that will certainly keep him around. Yeah, I don't have any other guys really off the top of my list. Um, but I don't worry someone that really hasn't played well uh, in, in bad weather. I remember in 2010, he got kind of caught on the bad side of the draw at St. Andrews. And uh, that wound up costing him the, uh, the, the tournament. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's something that you just kind of – it's a little bit of potluck as if to when you're going to go out there and go to St. Friday. What, bet,
0: what bets have you made? What bets are you thinking about making? What do you have in pocket right well, now?
2: Well, I, I have about 10 or 12 guys, actually, to close out across the board at Circa. So, yeah, I'm, I'm naked on Rory, I'm naked on Kepka, uh but I have pretty much all of the other big names, so I'm going to take it from there. But the, the two names that I like uh, the, the most, uh, and I have played them both to win, and then top 10, top 20. I played Patrick Kentley at 25-1, to 1, and I played uh, Colombo O'Carroll at 20-1. to 1. Those are the two guys I pressed a little bit harder to uh uh, to win. the Only two guys that played to win separately right now in addition to the other markets. I just think uh, Kelly, a couple of years ago, had the lead on the back nine uh, the year Tiger wound up winning. Um, he had the great start to the year where he couldn't have won multiple events. Um, so I, I know we well, I was listening to Drew earlier, his numbers don't necessarily uh, like him, but he's played pretty well here. And, and, and then Colin Markell, I think is someone who, maybe not the longest hitter, but he's someone who pits a lot of greens. And if you listen to Jack Nicklaus, uh, the goal here is if you put the ball in the middle of the green every hole, you're going to give yourself a great opportunity to win. So I think that's something that Morikawa can do. And I played a couple of, of uh, weird uh, individual props at DraftKings. I'll give them a pop for, for putting them up. Uh, I played John Rahm to finish uh, in the top 10 of plus 115. Uh, and I also played him to make an eagle, which was minus 175. You you, you, you go back and look at the hole-by-hole, hole, like he's got multiple eagles. I, I mean, 15 is always an eagle opportunity. Two is an eagle opportunity. Eight's really the only hole that isn't necessarily an eagle chance. But you're telling me he's not going to make one eagle in uh, in 16 opportunities. So I played that. I played Scottie Scheffler to finish in the top 20 uh, at minus 180. I played Brooks going to make an eagle. He, he's eagle 15 I think probably more often than anybody in the field, he was minus .65 to make an eagle. And, and then I love this uh, little prop that the draft was put out, too. I'm usually not one that plays kind of these, I don't want to call them, like, I'll, I'll say gimmick parlay just for the sake of kind of what looks like a gimmick, but there's three guys that I would all play to, uh, to finish in the top 20. Colin Maracala, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, all to finish in the top 20, 475. So uh, that, that was something else that I that I looked at uh, playing there as well. And if you like them all in the top ten, it's actually twenty five to one. But I think top 20, 475, and three guys have a very good history here uh, finishing in the top twenty was worth a uh, worth a play. So that's all I've played now. I have not played any individual matchups or uh, any other make miss cut stuff um, yet. But I'm I'm sure I will.
0: Chris, love it. Uh, where does first where, where does the Thursday of the Masters rank for you in terms of your entire sports betting 365 calendar year enjoyment level? Is it right at the top? Is there anything that you enjoy more?
2: Uh, Derby Day is something that I enjoy more. Uh, I, I think that the the, the 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 first day of the NCAA tournament is obviously great. Uh, college football playoff semifinal day uh, is great. But I know this is right up there. This is just an awesome week. And I, I, I tweeted it out the other day, just baseball starting Thursday, Masters, Champions League, Final Four, England opens up. I, I, it's it just overload right now for me.
0: It's great to be alive. Chris, we appreciate it, man. Thank you it so is. much. Take care, guys. Chris Felica, everybody, on uh, the Twitter machine, at Chris Felica, F-A-L-L-I-C-A. Dave Tindall. You like our NCAA March Madness formula? He's got a Masters formula Next. Gil Alexander on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on the numbers game where sports betting analytics live. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Uh, So once again, the championship formula for uh, NCAA March Madness comes through again. Kansas ends up, what, 17th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, There were only like five teams in the end that were top 20 uh, in both. The others, UCLA, Baylor, Arizona, and Gonzaga,
1: I believe. Arizona didn't get there. Oh, Arizona didn't get there. Arizona fell out. Okay. Gonzaga, Houston, Baylor, and, of course, our champion, Kansas, and UCLA. That's it.
0: Yeah. And, of course, Houston got knocked out for, yeah, they didn't play anybody. They didn't play top three RPI. Gonzaga didn't have the strength of schedule either in the end. It, it works its way out. Arizona, by the way, didn't even have the Sweet 16 coach. But Carolina could have blown it up yesterday. Could have blown it up and didn't. Speaking of formulas, this gentleman joins us each and every year from England to talk about his master's formula, what he calls his trends piece over there at Betfair, to winnow it down based on many categories to who he believes has the goods to win the masters. And he has also other bets on the side. It's Dave Tindall at Dave Tindall Golf on Twitter. Dave, great to talk to you. Good afternoon, sir.
3: Hello. Yes. Uh, afternoon here in England. Um, it's what time is it with you guys? It's eight thirty a.m
0: specific. Okay, not too bad. Not too not bad. Not too bad. Not too bad
3: at all. Dave,
0: so so let's do this. You have a bit of a tweak. First of all, I love how you started. I mentioned at the beginning of the show today when I was saying to, when I was telling people you were going to be on, which is you you picked Hideki Matsuyama. It's just that you did it 2 years earlier. So you were joking maybe yeah. maybe Patrick Cantlay who you picked in 2020 will win this time around. But but you made a tweak to the whole system cuz usually you just do elimination, process by elimination. Now you have a different system. What is that?
3: Yeah, I just thought it was unfair that a, a guy could maybe fit every category and then fall in one and then he's out. So this time I thought I'd go with a numbers, a point system. Uh, so this time it's, it's based on frequency. So, say for example, with age, previously I would have ruled out anyone in their 40s because only one winner in their 40s in the last 10 years. But this time it's frequency. So, if there's been five winners in their 30s, I would give a 30 year old five points. There's been four winners in their 20s in the last 10 years. So anyone in their, in their 20s get four points. And then people like Tiger, who is playing, as we've just heard. Do you know that? I guess you'd know that. Um, mm-hmm. And Paul Casey, for example, they're in their 40s. So they, they still get a point. I mean, it's not much, but at least they're not ruled out. So it's more a like frequency rather than a strict, you know, you fall at that hurdle and you're out. Okay, so let's in,
0: in the in the interest of time here, let's just say what all of the categories are, and then we can do your top ten.
3: Yeah, uh, so the categories were age, world ranking, how many Masters appearances, their best Masters finish, their lowest Masters round, whether they're the uh, they're the defending champion, recent form, whether they've won the Green Jacket before driving distance and strokes gained around the green strokes gained around the
0: green interesting interesting and of course driving distance yeah, that, that's, yeah go ahead with stroke. yeah, yeah.
3: That, that's that's like another tweak previously it was just all these 10-year categories this time i thought i'd bring in a couple of things that relate to how well people how well people should play the course given their game so if you're in the top Bracket for driving distance, you would get a full maximum points. If you were mid-range, you'd get middle points. If you were really poor with driving distance, you'd get just one or two. So I've done it in bands as well, just for a couple of categories. And they were the two I thought were the most important, driving distance and strokes gained around the greens. So hopefully that would, you know, that would bring out a little bit more I don't know realism to this, and just maybe a more of a bigger reflective picture. Yeah, we'll
0: get to Dave. Dave. Dave also he he doesn't adhere to this sacredly and only bet the guy that ends up at the top of this uh, of this formulaic exercise. But uh, we'll get to those momentarily. But in the end, let's count down by points. The top ten points. We'll do it from ten to one. Number ten, based on the formula, was Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, who is, who's not been in great form, but always yeah, has where... yeah, great history here at the Masters. Okay, I'll let you go ahead. You, you just go on your own. Number nine.
3: Yeah, so Spieth fell down because his recent form wasn't too good. Number nine, Paul Casey. Number eight, only number eight for John Rahm. Mm. Number seven, Dustin Johnson, former winner. Although, actually, as a former winner, you actually get docked a few points. Um, Louis Oosthuizen. Man for the majors last year, he's number six. Then Cher in fifth place or fourth place, that should be Brooks Koepka and Cameron Smith. Then your top three, your bronze, silver, and gold. So in in bronze place, it was Xander Schauffele. That's an appropriate analogy, given it he uh, is the Olympic champion. So he he gets bronze though this time. Justin Thomas gets the silver and top of the top of the pops, top of the lot. Rory
0: McElroy. Rory McElroy. And here, here are, we'll put it on the screen here. Here are Dave Tyndall's. Uh, again, this is his master's formula that he does every year. He's tweaked it. Um, Rory McElroy comes out as the top uh, top points getter in all those categories. Were you surprised by that result a little bit, Dave?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good players up there, and, and I kind of guessed it, it, it wasn't going to produced luke list or something like that but (laughs) yes so i didn't think rory would be top i thought he'd maybe be in the top five but i thought i don't know i i didn't really i sort of i go into this not trying to manipulate anything so i'm really open to what it might throw up but yeah it was a surprise to see rory in top spot
0: yeah i have a i have an outright (laughs) bet on rory um I have a, I have a bet on Rory, which obviously didn't look great last week at the Valero Texas Open, where he didn't make the cut. But it it is comforting to see that he comes out on top of your list. Now this doesn't mean that Dave Tyndall has only bet on Rory McIlroy in terms of the betting market itself. And by the way, you can follow all of Dave's stuff uh, at Dave Tyndall Golf. He does stuff for Betfair, great podcasts as well, which are always wildly entertaining um and we try to understand as much as we can here in the uh, states or with the with the uh with the phrases and the accents it's so it's so entertaining for us to to listen to what who did you end up
3: betting in the outrights yeah i i did kind of go with the list in some ways because my number one pick is zander shafale so i think i i liked him for lots of reasons but i think i was influenced by this list as well cuz he may be you would have thought In other rankings, he might have come seventh or eighth. He's is he maybe top tenth or so in the betting, so he's higher up in this point scoring system. Obviously, that would be because he's got a great Masters record, second and third in the last two played in April. Uh, So that's really good, and he's he had enough decent form, great record in the majors. So he's someone I like. I just thought his his odds. You've got him there at twenty to one. I just thought he was as he had as good a chance as others who were around 14s and 16. So I thought he was a little bit of value.
0: Who is? I always I, I like asking this of folks in every golf tournament, but specifically in the Masters. Who is? Who is the guy that if he ends up winning it all, Dave, will? will produce the most self-loathing for you as a guy who you didn't end up having bets on, but perhaps you thought about it at some point and you just decided for whatever reason not to, who's, who's the guy that will annoy you the most if he wins this?
3: Well, it's difficult because I like the guy. I really, I really like Scotty Scheffler. I think he's a great fella, but I don't know if you spoke to a casual golf fan, they'd say, oh, Scottish Jeffrey always wins. And I'd go, well, you know, he hasn't got... I'd come up with all these little nuanced reasons why he won't win. And then, well, he just wins all the time would trump all that. So if he won, I would go, why didn't I just go with a simplistic take and the fact that he's in great form and full of confidence?
0: I don't want to give away all your picks because I want people to go to your Twitter and I want them to read all that you've done for Betfair and listen to your podcast. But one other, one last thing here you do have each way betting which we don't have rampantly here by the way if at all um you did like someone in an each way market
3: yeah um if you wanted a a big price i guess because you've not got each way you could play in top 10 or something like that um i like robert mcintyre the scott um he won't be on most radars but he finished 12th last year in his master in his master's debut Hold a nice putt on 18, and that got him back into this year. So as long as well as that 12th, he's also played the Open Championship twice and finished sixth and eighth. So there's a guy who probably not that well known in America, and yet in the majors he's taken to them straight away. I, I always like that. Brooks Koepka, maybe five six years ago, he was brilliant in his early majors, but it wasn't established enough to just for people to think he could win them. And then it, 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 he's taken off. So I think people who hit the ground running in majors, it's worth following them for, for you know, for the next few just to see if they can keep it going because they will go to that first tee thinking, I'm just as good as these guys. I actually like it when all the, the big guys are present. So I thought Robert McIntyre could be an interesting bet. He's been playing in America as well. I think he finished top 15 at Riviera. Did okay in uh, Texas last week, three rounds of 69. So he, he's the one... That's a bit off the charts, a bit off the radar. So he could, he could be worth uh, backing. Maybe you can't back him each way for top tens, top 20 and match bets, that kind of thing.
0: All right, Dave, we appreciate it. We got to run, but uh, as we go here, uh, just tell the truth. If you could, how excited were you that England drew the United States in the world cup? Did it, did everyone in England go, Oh, we're in Mulligan. We're going to win this one. Easy. Is that the reaction?
3: Given that we could have got uh, Germany or <laughs> yes. Holland, um, it was kind of the plum draw, wasn't it? Really, the plum draw. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's no. I this is very honest, Dave. We appreciate
0: it. Great seeing you, and enjoy the Masters. Okay, thanks very much. And you, Dave Tyndall. Everybody, at Dave Tyndall Golf on Twitter for all his great golf stuff. Tennis pick next.
1: A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSEN, the sports betting network.
0: BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits, like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Heather Watson, she got beaten straight sets. This is the beginning of clay court season. Yesterday was day one. Today's day two. We're not doing a lot of tennis. Uh, But I do have one play, and you can actually get it for about five, six cents better than I did uh, last night. I am on the Chinese sensation, Qinwen Zhang, plus 117 was the number I got her over the American Sloan Stevens. Of course, we know Sloan is a Grand Slam champion in the U.S. Open for many years ago. But they're uh, they're playing tennis in Charleston, South Carolina, on the clay. By the way, uh, there were clay courts down in Florida over uh, Christmas break. Not Christmas break, but after the Super Bowl when I was there, Jeff. Oh, my God. Playing on clay is a joy. Uh, I'm on Jang. You can probably get her at about plus 123, plus 124 again. We're treading lightly. It's the only match that I'm playing don't go full throttle like we have been doing on the hard courts. Uh, we'll ramp it up as the clay court season begins because, again, the uh, the data is what the data is at this point. Obviously, a lot of these players haven't played on clay competitively in over six months, uh, even longer than that, over nine months. So um, we we make our plays here with with caution. But Kinwin Zhang at plus 117, you can get her at a better number. Over Sloan Stevens is the one where I felt, eh, now that I will absolutely play. Sure. Why not? And that's taking place, I believe, in less than an hour in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, okay, we get tweets at beating the book. want to get through everybody who is uh, kind enough to uh, chime in on the show, whatever topic we were talking about. Uh, we've been through uh, a lot of these today already. But this is from uh, George Haight. Uh, say, hey, Gil, dra- uh, DraftKings got me on the oh uh, he was playing a tennis match Ziri match went two sets and they canceled my wager i'm cursed with with, with withdraws lol uh withdraws have been a thing man in miami they got us a few times we were up 6 love 1 love in a match and then the opponent withdrew just just part price of doing business the uh, the, uh, the price of doing business in tennis and again with tennis some books grade it only if a full match is complete Others grade it if one set is complete and you will inevitably end up fortunate or unfortunate at times in your tennis betting career that you place bets at one or the other, and it goes against you or for you in in different circumstances. What we learned this past week was that there are like a trickle of book stations. One of them here in town where apparently just as long as you play any games, then it, then it counts as a, as a graded thing. Cause we had the, uh, the one where we had the plus 417 or plus 450 dog in Sarundalo, and he was up four to one. And uh, was it Sinner who withdrew? And some some people actually got paid on that. Uh, so good for them. This is from D Gen Southern Gen, also responding to somebody else. He said, I'm in the same boat with you, Joe. Uh, Gil got me betting tennis, and now it is my favorite sport. And uh, to not only bet, but also to watch Riley N. I am a Ph.D. student and my supervisor once told me that tennis is a sport that requires the, the least athletic ability. Needless to say, we definitely didn't see eye to eye. He's also 90, please. The least. Are you kidding me? Best combo of physical and mental strength uh, in any sport, in my in my humble opinion, the combo of those two things. Uh, This is from Joe Nigro. He says, interesting that Bill Self, getting back to the college basketball game last night, interesting that Bill Self didn't foul when he won his other championship, didn't foul last night is what he means, when he won his other championship because Memphis didn't foul. Of course, what he's referring to was that 2008, uh, Memphis up nine on Kansas with um, two minutes left in that game. Kansas comes back. Chalmers hits the three. No foul at all called by the coach there. And then, of course, Kansas wins it by seven in overtime in one of the craziest finishes in NCAA tournament history. So that is a, a little bit of irony for sure. Um, as far as the NBA, because, Jeff, we didn't really get into the NBA. We did a bit with Drew earlier because he had a couple picks tonight. And those will be in the newsletter for those who missed it, vsan.com slash newsletter. Um, but we have sort of determined here at this point a few things. One – First of all, just to the facts, the Spurs and the and the Lakers again. The Lakers need to outdistance the Spurs by 3 games in the final 4 games of the season. Remember, the Spurs win all tiebreakers based on conference record. So the Lakers must go 3 and 1 at a minimum, 3 and 1 or 4 and 0, oh, and hope if they go 3 and 1 that the Spurs go 0 oh and 4, or if they go 4 and 0, oh, hope that the Spurs go 1 and 3 or 0 oh and 4. Otherwise, it's the Spurs in the play and the Lakers are done. Meanwhile, Or as Ron Flatter used to say, meanwhile, LeBron is going to try to cobble together two more games so that he can get to the 58-game minimum to qualify for the scoring title the old-fashioned way. However, Joel Embiid has eclipsed him right now in the scoring race by a fraction of a point. So LeBron may not even get there that way. In the Eastern Conference, it needs to be stated again for all of our Brooklyn Nets love, and it is justified, it is justified, as as they're being the short shot for most of the season, both Eastern Conference, of course, both for the title, That right now they are the 10 seed. And if they do not get out of 9-10 position, there are no mulligans for them. Come play in time. They will have to win two games. They cannot afford one bad night. Because if they do, they will be done DOA. They'll be dead on arrival. They will not even get to the postseason. So for a lot of people who have those who are super bullish on the Nets, it is one of the weirdest sort of situations. Kevin Durant blaming himself that his knee injury derailed the Nets season. By the way, the the straight-up numbers corroborate that. 5-17 and are the Nets without Durant in the lineup this year. The Nets are in that precarious position where they could be done by tax day. Or if they get there, the Miami Heat now all of a sudden at number one, it looks like the Nets – if they, well, First of all, if they do end up in a 9-10 game, they cannot get better than the 8th seed. And so it would be the Miami Heat who would get the booby prize of having to face the Nets in the 1-8 game. So consider that if you're thinking about Miami Heat futures. There's so many scenarios with the Nets. Out completely, 8th seed to completely be a horrible opponent for the Heat to have to play in the first round of the playoffs— or, of course, that he could get the best of them. But just keep all of these things in mind. And then the other thing, and I guess we've determined this, Jeff, because for many weeks now, we've thought about, okay, there's the try to seed your way around the Nets, right? Try to avoid the Nets, which we just sort of spelled out. Looks like it's going to be the Heat that are the ones—again, things could change in four games, but the Heat right now with the two-game lead at the top of the Eastern Conference— It looks like the Heat are going to get that booby prize if the Nets are able to do it. But the other one was the Toronto Raptors. And we just have to stress this again. The Raptors, obviously in Toronto, obviously in Ontario. Congratulations on the sports betting again, people in Ontario. Uh, Right now, the Raptors are in the sixth position. Just because on a tiebreaker, they end up sixth. But they could very well be five or six in the end. And so that would mean that whoever's three or four would have to play them. So the, so the notion that you can jockey for position, and I'm talking about the Celtics specifically, right? Because all the other teams, we know that they're either all vaccinated or the key players, I'm talking about the Sixers, with Embiid and Harden, that they're vaccinated. Remember, the, the law in Canada, the vaccine mandate is no visiting players who are unvaccinated can come in there. They will not be able to play in road games in Toronto. But the notion that in this final week of the season, Jeff, that betters and this is all about betting, that betters can figure out what teams will do if they believe if they believe that the Celtics have unvaccinated players and we don't know about Tata, we don't know about Brown, we don't know about Horford, we don't know about others on that team. If you believe that the Celtics are, are, are going to jockey around the Raptors, you really can't bet that into action because you don't know where the Raptors are going to finish, let alone the Celtics knowing that. Is that a fair characterization? Like I, I think we,
1: we run the risk of overthinking our betting this week, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, on top of it, too, is everyone is so jumbled. Right. That's really, but that's, that's what I mean. That's the biggest thing. Even if you are trying to figure out what you're going to do, you don't know what the, you don't know yeah. what's going to happen around them. So, so it's a fool's errand. Is yeah, just it's just really difficult. Even though I will say this, just looking at the Bulls' remaining schedule and knowing how the Bulls have played against good teams this year, Gil, the Bulls play Milwaukee, Boston, Charlotte, and Minnesota. They played good teams horribly the whole year. Yeah. So them. Going a bagel this last week would not shock me. Well, and the reason that the Lakers do have a sliver of hope,
0: just piggybacking what you're saying, is that the Spurs have four difficult games down the stretch, right? The Spurs could legit go 0-4. I couldn't get out of here without them trying to distract me with a Kaylee Coco commercial. So that's the end of that. Um, That means it's time to go. But that's the thing. So just with your bets in the NBA, don't try to outthink yourself. Remember last year, the last week of the season, it was a little clearer, and there were some books in town that were limiting people who were trying to do the whole seating inspired parlay, 20 bucks a bet. I don't even know if you should get involved with that. At least at this point on a Tuesday, doesn't look like it'll really avail itself to that opportunity. Lombardi Line next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: That M-